Just a quick reminder, if you've been trying links that I've mentioned on any of these recent episodes of the show and they don't work, technology changes and some of the things we offer change. So what we've decided to do is put everything that's current over at photobizhelp.com forward slash links. And anything that isn't current probably won't work. So if you're having trouble with a link that doesn't work, that's probably why. Head on over to photobizhelp.com forward slash links. Or if you're following along at photobizhelp on Instagram, it's the link in the bio. One of the things that is core to the experience of where I am in that education is the idea of wise presence Mm. and like deep listening. And that I think is the thing that ultimately, even if most of us, feel too tender to admit it are like actually really craving. It's like Mm. the ability to be held in presence with another person without the other person just waiting for their chance to talk. This is the Photo Business Help Podcast, a resource for photographers of all levels from brand new to burnt out who believe that business growth starts with personal growth. I'm your host, Natalie Jennings. I created Jennings Photo back in 2010 and have been happily full-time since, but not without some mistakes along the way. Those lessons, plus what's really helped me thrive financially and personally are what I want to share with you so you can grow with your photo business too. You'll also hear stories from other photographers and industry folks, as well as my favorite ways to be more mindful and happier on this journey. Today, I am talking with Kristen Miller about all sorts of things, very tender and very sweet and sort of the core of our essence as creators. This has been one of my favorite conversations. Before we dive into today's episode, here are a few words from folks that support Photo Business Help. I also wanted to let you know that Kristen is putting on a retreat this summer, and you're invited to join her in July for an intimate, all-inclusive retreat to celebrate and explore all that is sacred about a daily photography practice. It's hosted at the Inns of Aurora in upstate New York. It's called the Heartful Retreat, and it has been thoughtfully curated with group activities, creativity workshops, luxury accommodations, incredible food and drink, And of course, plenty of time for personal reflection and renewal. This place is gorgeous. Apply by April 30th at thedocumentedheart.com forward slash heartful, H-E-A-R-T-F-U-L-L. That's thedocumentedheart.com forward slash heartful to apply by April 30th. I hope to see you there. I will be there with my tarot reader hat on, offering guidance and support for that container. So I hope to see you there too. You've heard me talk about pick time before, but don't skip past this. This is big news from pick time. It's a game changer. I am so excited about this. This is going to change my business for sure. Pick time is now offering blogs. Yeah, blogs. What does that mean? You can go directly to your gallery. So let's say you have a beautiful mini session gallery that you've already shared with your clients that's already connected to your awesome store where they can buy stuff. And you can just, with like the click of two buttons, make all of those photos in that gallery into a beautiful blog post. Not only that, you can get a link to that blog post, which takes people to pick time, or this is my favorite part, you can get an embed code. You can literally create this in seconds 
and embed it on your own website so that you can get the SEO traffic if you want to. But if you wanted to just make a quick blog post for, say, a wedding client to look through or a really easy way to tell a story, there's so many cool features with this. It is the newest product from PickTime, and it is going to change the game. You don't need to upload images twice. This is optimized for SEO. There's tons of customizable color palettes, font collections, photo grids, and multiple layouts. So if you want your blog to look a certain way, you can do that. There's slideshows. You can allow videos or GIFs, all that stuff. You can embed directly into the blog post. It's amazing. This feature is coming soon in February. As of this recording, which is February 2nd, it should be well on its way. If you are not a paid member of PickTime and you would like to take part in this when all of this launches in the next few days, go to PickTime. And when you upgrade to a paid plan, use the code PHOTOBIZHELP. That's PHOTOBIZHELP to get one month free. So this is like the best thing ever. You can try it for a month. Keep paying if you want to, and that's it. It's a great deal. I swear this is going to change everything, and it's going to save people so much time. So head over to PickTime, and when you upgrade to a paid plan, use the code PHOTOBIZHELP for one month free and enjoy this new blog feature. So if you're like most photographers, you probably didn't go into business for paperwork. Does the chaos of invoices, emails, to-dos make you a little crazy? Well, that is where 17 Hats comes in. Their all-in-one, mobile-friendly platform organizes your entire business. 17 Hats handles things like time-sucking tasks, payment reminders, capturing leads, and scheduling your meetings. With 17 Hats, important emails go out automatically. Quotes, contracts, and invoices, click, click, paid. So it's a small wonder that thousands of photographers swear by 17 Hats. You'll free up so much time from day stealing to do's. It's like you've cloned yourself. You'll be able to focus on what you do best, which is obviously photography. Meanwhile, 17 Hats does exactly what you need done to manage your business, just as if you were doing it. So why not clone yourself with 17 Hats? Visit 17hats.com to learn more with the discount code PHOTOBIZHELP. That's 17hats.com with the discount code PHOTOBIZHELP. Your talk was the only full event thing that I was able to attend at the Family Narrative, which is fine. I was doing something I really love. I was doing tarot readings, but I'm so glad that I was able to catch the whole thing because so many people talked about it and mm-hmm. and it was so good. It was so interesting that you and I had just met and I there was like a couple of people. I had like a couple of really good friends in the room who I've known for a long time. And then there was like you in the back corner and you and I had like just (laughs) done a reading together like two hours before that had blown my mind. And also we just met and there was this like cool energy. And I was like, okay, there's an anchor. She's over there. I can like anchor myself to that. Cool. (laughs) I'm glad you got to hear the whole thing though, because it's always nice for me to hear there's like what you say in your head yeah. and what you think gets said out loud. And then there's what people hear. That's right. Which is like two different universes of experience, you know. Your pacing and time. I mean, I don't know how much you've done this before, but honestly, and I have background in teaching, the content that you taught and how tender it is to really mm-hmm. explore those places. I was really blown away by, I don't know how many people were there in that room, 100 maybe? I mean, I think it was like 60 Oh, okay. 
I'm like, really but bad it with felt that. like <laughs> 700. So that's totally fine. That's okay. Let's say it was 65 too. people. Still, that's a huge room for yeah. tender content. And you, your pacing was perfect. It was just like, you're very engaging and very relaxed. Even if, I don't know if you felt relaxed, but that's a hard topic to just get people to open up to when they're like in front of in front of meaning sitting at a table with a bunch of other people that yeah. may or may not be strangers or that they don't know very well. Yeah. I, it's interesting because thank you. I mean, I like, I received that in a big way. I feel like there's a very palpable energy that happens in the first five to 10 minutes of a gathering like that, where if the foundational kind of like first keystones are set in a way that gives everyone context, lets everyone kind of like mutually understand why are we in this space together and is also acknowledging of all of the other energies and echoes of stuff that we're like all bringing into this space. There's something, and I, there's been times when I haven't done it well, but there's something about that, that when it, it all kind of clicks into place, mm. everybody immediately feels welcomed and feels at least a touch bit safer. And I feel like sure. reading like, I mean, you know so much about energy too, right? It's like when you can read what that energy is, then you can decide, okay, how quickly can we move? How deep can we go? What do I need to skip that I might have planned? I'm sure as a teacher, you have that experience too, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's always nice when it happens that way in the way that you want it to. And people are like, oh, that was amazing. I knew when people were crying at the end, but also <laughs> hugging. I was like, okay, that that worked out. <laughs> yeah, that song. Damn. Yes, the Bengsons. Oh. I was, I'm grieving my dog. And I was like, oh, God, I got to get out of here. I also had a reading I had to get to. But like, <laughs> I, I think people would have probably let it out more if it was, you know, we're going to do this talk and then we're going to go sit in groups and... Yeah. Or sit in pairs or whatever, you know, because yeah. it was really that was a really lovely moment. I suppose we should catch folks up on what we're talking about. We were both at the Family Narrative Photography Gathering in Palm Springs last month, which is a gathering for family photographers. It was amazing. I overestimated how many people were there. I guess I don't know. I think I think you I did a lot of there readings like while you were 80 there or something total, but probably felt like there was a lot more people <laughs> for you. <laughs> I was there doing tarot readings. Um, I was invited to do that, which was really incredible. But I was I did 18 in the two and a half days, which was a lot. That is a lot. So Kristen gave a talk. What do you title your talk? Good Enough. Good Enough. And it was 90 minutes? Yeah, I had an hour and a half, which was <sighs> wild. That's wild. Because most of the time um, that we all had together was not, it was not meant to be like a keynote heavy experience the whole week together it was meant to be yeah. these little like snapshots of connection and reunion and sure getting together after a lot of time of not getting together but yeah to have 90 minutes you know it's like what do you do with 90 minutes with 60 people you can't like slideshow you know powerpoint your way through that and expect anyone to care in the first 10 minutes right yeah no i mean and i think what you said about setting up expectations that was sort of like teaching 101 is Mm. And I think speaking 101 as well is mm -hmm. like, let people know what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. One of my most favorite mentors, although she has no idea that I'm like obsessed with her, is Priya Parker. And she wrote a book called The Art of Gathering. And I she read that book. Oh, so good. I love that book. Okay. I'd like to have a dinner Continue. with her. Yeah. Um, I would not even ask her to facilitate the dinner. I would just like her to be there so we could, yeah. I could talk to her. But you could come too. That would be perfect. 
I will definitely. I love that book. You're the first person to ever mention that book in my real life. Oh, it's so good. She just has this beautiful way of setting up how do you do a gathering right. from the beginning to the end without getting specific about like, where do you put the tables, but more so like energetically, how do you invite human beings in? And I just feel like, I don't know if you felt this in all of your readings and the time you were there, but I think we're still at this like threshold of like collective grief where people are walking into public spaces with people that they may have known in pre-pandemic life and they are walking in as different people. And we're all kind of like grieving our own whatevers from this long window of time between the last time we saw these people and now. Mm -hmm. And we're all like in different skin than we were before in so many different ways. Totally. And yet we're all really thrilled to be together. So there's this, this like, it's like Priya does a great job of just like addressing this It's not a heaviness, but it is a something that is like companioning us through these times of being together now that was not there before. You know what I mean? I think too, what's really cool about your talk, what I got to experience doing one-on-one readings for people in a private room and what you're mentioning from what I remember of Priya's book, I read it a few years ago. It's the ability to take what is normally a small talk situation. Oh, how are you? Like, how is life since the pandemic? You know, and then getting people to go deep really quickly. Yeah. And I think, I think this is kind of a big point that she was trying to make in that book, but that there's so much meaning we're seeking and so much connection we're seeking that we don't, we almost never get to that point with other people. We almost never get to like the, the juicy parts that, we all are carrying around with us. And especially like you say, after a massive trauma, yeah, like the pandemic, to be able to really bond with people and hold space with people and listen to people and talk to people in a way that's not small talk Mm -hmm. is really special and hard to find. So I think you did that really well. And Mm -hmm. I found that I got so much more out of that event because I was able to deeply sit with you know, almost 20 people, yeah. you know, that I hadn't met before. So that like when I was mingling and stuff, I felt like I, since I had never been to a family narrative event and most people had before or knew each yeah. other in some context, I felt immediately like I had taken some kind of shortcut to connect with people, which <laughs> right. it sounds lame, but it's actually, I mean that in a good way, you know? Yeah. Well, I think you bring up something that is like very hot on my brain right now. So like, I'm also getting certified to be a meditation and mindfulness teacher. And one of the things that is like core to the experience of like where I am in that education is the idea of wise presence Mm. and like deep listening. And that I think is the thing that ultimately, even if most of us are feel too tender to admit it are like actually really craving. It's like Mm. the ability to be held in presence with another person without the other person just waiting for their chance to talk, which I think is like pre-pandemic, the speed that we, at least that I'll speak for myself, that I was moving at. That was not one of my stronger suits. Maybe as a coach, I could do that, but not in like regular life, you know? I imagine, well, I know from the reading I did with you, like there is just such an energy of wise presence that immediately cuts past all the like, what's the weather? I like your <laughs> shoes and gets into like, no, but what are you going through? Right. Tell me how you really are. Yeah. And I will listen. And that is like, that's like a bomb, like B-A-L-M that you like soothe onto a heart that 
yeah. makes people feel like they want to return to a space like that. You know what I mean? I've been nodding this whole time, which people can't <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But gosh, in this work, I mean, I've really ramped up doing one-on-one tarot readings in the last year or so. And I've noticed such a deep need to just yeah. be heard. And of course, people can go to therapy. And I always recommend that tarot is an excellent tool to pair with therapy or other yeah. things. But like, yeah, there are people that aren't in therapy that just like, I can just tell like, soak up that that space of just being held and listened to and like feeling safe to explore whatever they're trying to explore yeah and when I say shortcut I think it's just that word comes up because people you know I might sit with someone for 25 minutes but I know them way better than probably some of their friends in their day-to-day life by the end of that time you know because there's this permission to explore and most people are just so eager to just like move some of that energy that we get there so quickly and it's it's really amazing and it's very it's very cool I feel like do you sense that the more readings that you do the more you're able to bring that like ability to be present into the rest of your day-to-day experience oh for sure yeah, I've had wild? to become a better listener, <laughs> uh, which historically I definitely, it's always been something I have to work on. Yeah. But also like when you say that, you know, I'm thinking, I mean, think of all the time in the pandemic. I don't know what it was like where you lived, but where I lived, you know, I photograph weddings and families as well. And so there was a lot of time when I was spending time with people spending time, air quotes, right? Like it was masked. So I got like eyes up right? Mm. And the energetic channel, I don't know what else to call it, that happens when you're watching someone's eyes is like very intense. It's extremely Mm. intimate. And it's like laser beams into your face telling you how people are (laughs) feeling. So that when masks came off, at least where I live, masks came off like relatively recently compared to the rest of the country. It was like, oh my gosh, there's so much happening in your face right now that you are not saying out loud. And to have to learn as a coach or as a mindfulness teacher, like to sit with that, with them it was like, okay, I got to like put my seatbelt on. Yeah. This is, you've got a lot, even if you're never saying it out loud, there's just so much carried into that space oh, with gosh. that like whole space. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I feel that a thousand percent. What did you notice when you were, let, I want to go back to your talk a little bit because there are a couple of things that maybe we can share with folks listening that were really powerful. What did you notice looking out at the audience as things were getting more tender? I keep using that word, but that's a good I one. I think that's appropriate. I think it, it is tender. There's something that happens in every group space, I feel like, where everyone comes in and there are still these like echoes of whatever they bring with them. So whether it's a phone or just like physical movements or whatever the case may be, just that the room, I'm sure it's the same in teaching. The room just feels extremely fluid and you can see it, you can feel it. It's like, everybody's got their own thing going on. But you know, part of the way that I structured that conversation and I call it a conversation because I feel like even though it was a big group and it was being facilitated, it was a dialogue back and forth between me and the group and then the group amongst the group part of what starts to happen is that the energy begins to settle Mm -hmm. and you can see people become a little bit more still and you can see that when they are, um, we ask people to do, I ask people to do a a good bit of journaling. I'm using air quotes, right? Whether it was on a phone or it was on a piece of paper with a pen, 
um, and gave people time to do that. And you can see when they are, when folks move from, I'm going to look like I'm doing the homework <laughs> to I'm actually thinking about this. And maybe this mm-hmm. feels like a real question I should ponder. And the other thing that was so beautiful in that space was that even amongst the group, there was periods of time where people were speaking out loud. You know, I'd call on somebody in the corner and the mic would get passed. And in that sharing space, people were actually listening. And there was very few people in that space who were reaching for a phone, Yeah, which is, I say without any judgment, is a very, very difficult thing to do in a group yes. activity like that, because it's just a natural distraction mechanism that we have to like pick up the phone, right? Yep. And when you, when that starts to happen, everybody else in the room starts to feel invested in a way that is different. And I feel like really beautiful. I don't know, maybe you felt the same thing as like the exercises progressed into more tender questions. <laughs> yeah, I think I noticed it too in the group. I was in a slightly in-between space in that I was finishing up emails for like tarot readings until you got started. And then I was having to check in to make sure I didn't miss my next one. Right. But for that middle part, I felt like I was able to really like be present since it was a long talk. And I noticed without naming names, like the folks I was sitting with kind of went from a little bit more of a jittery energy to like, oh, I think I'm going to participate. Yeah. You know, it's almost like frenetic to like. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Thoughtful. Yeah. To like contemplative. Right. It's like, oh, I'm actually here. Yeah. That's, I think, one of the things that is one of the most fun parts of all those experiences that I do is like the arrival Mm. because part of it is like welcoming part of it is context. But then the other part of it is literally like, can you invite your, all the other parts of yourself to arrive alongside your physical self in a space? Yeah. Like actually arrive here. Yeah. And to do that through five breaths or 10 breaths or 20 minutes of listening or whatever it is, that arrival invitation, I think surprises people sometimes because most people don't realize that their physical body is in a different place than the rest of them. (laughs) Well, I don't know if you remember, I don't know if I did this with you for your reading, but a friend of mine, Kelly, has a meditation sort of dropping in prompt about a reverse firework. Yes, I love that. Did I use that with you? You did, and it was so helpful. Yeah. I mean, if you think of literally a firework in reverse, like pulling all of those pieces back back to you just for now, just for 10 minutes or for a half an hour, whatever it is, there's something powerful in that. I mean, that's why I use it. But I think since I have a limited amount of time with folks. It's such a comforting exercise. I mean, for me, it was very comforting. I was feeling all kinds of nerves because I was about to give my talk. And when you did that with me, I had never thought about the idea of comfortably containing in reverse. Yeah. (laughs) And that's kind of what it felt like. It was like, okay, I'm not changing anything that's part of this chemical mixture of my inside wildness. I'm just lovingly bringing it back into the canister for for a half a minute. For sure. That was super helpful. Well, I'm glad. And that's, I mean, I brought it up because that's what you were describing about your talk. And you can feel that collective reverse firework happening. It's like palpable. People are suddenly much more present and engaged and contemplative, as you said. Yeah. I mean, again, that was a 90 minute talk. Let's just do it all over again. That could be yeah. fun. No, kidding. <laughs> There's some exercises and points that, I mean, so much of it was incredibly thought provoking and healing and all of all of these things. But mm. is there an exercise or two you might be able to offer listeners that they can just kind of take with them today and try out if they have paper handy or 
Yes. I love this stuff. You know, one of the gifts of being away, we were away in Palm Springs. One of the gifts that you give yourself is the chance to reflect in ways that, I mean, I don't know about you, but like in my everyday life, unless it's purposeful, I'm not like sitting down. I have two kids. My life is wild. I'm not sitting down to like journal at, you know, five in the morning. It's just (laughs) not happening. Like if I can get to my coffee, that's a total win. So I feel like anything that, you know, a person can do to give themselves even snippets of time of reflection can be super helpful. Mm -hmm. You know, it's interesting because the the exercises that I picked as a part of the talk are all actually ones that translate really well into a container when you're alone, too, Mm. which I was kind of hoping would be a useful thing. You know, people could leave and be like, you know, this person did this thing. Maybe you should try it. And then all of a sudden, you know, 10 other people know about it. You know, the first thing that I would just invite everybody to do is like take a minute and think about who you are arriving as on any particular day or moment, you know, especially like right now in this moment, when you and I are recording this podcast together, you know, who are you arriving as? And think about the labels that come up, right? Are you a photographer? Are you an artist? Are you a fur baby parent? Are you a work in progress? Are you an entrepreneur? And journaling on that for a little bit, writing on that for a minute without any kind of outside influence can be really powerful because once you get past the obvious shit, there's a lot of layers to that onion that we don't often introduce ourselves as, right? When I introduce myself in public, it's I'm a photographer and a coach. I'm also 700 other things that, you know, this person that I'm introducing myself to may not know or that I may not want to reveal. And that list I think can be super powerful because, you know, labels are two dimensional and we can like kind of agree that's truth. But those labels in this context can be an anchor. And, you know, we talk a lot in especially trauma-informed mindfulness, you know, the idea of having resource anchors that we can return to, whether that is I am a mom and my mama heart is an anchor for me to return to when I feel tender, or um, I'm a dog mom and my dog is a resource anchor for me to return to when stuff feels tough. Mm-hmm it's a chance to kind of reintroduce yourself to you. And that always feels like an expansive and ever-changing set of titles that we can kind of play around with. Is there kind of a transition point where people move from like sister, mother, photographer, et cetera, to like other deeper, not deeper, but just the stuff that you don't name right away? Would you say do this for two minutes? Yeah, I would say, you know, if I'm if I'm doing this with a one-on-one coaching client, I say, do it until you've run out of things. And what often happens is people say, okay, I'm done in the first like 30 seconds. And I'm like, mm-hmm. just like, is there anything else? What else? Uh, you know, asking the question, what else? We didn't ask this in the talk just based on time, but asking the question, what else is such a beautiful kind of implicit invitation. Like, no, no, there might be something more. You know, I would say if you're doing this on your own, just as kind of like a, let's see what happens, you know, give yourself 10 minutes. And if nothing comes out for the last five, that's fine. But that's a nice way to explore. Yeah, for sure. Can you share one or two that aren't photographer, mom, coach that came up for you just so folks have kind of an idea of of where this is headed if they're like, huh? Totally. Work in progress is one of my favorites that always gets added to my list. Brave dreamer sounds very cliched and very silly and cheesy, but if it's cheesy, it's probably true. Mm, Those are great. Yeah, 
keep going. Like, even if it's cheesy, it's okay to add it to the list. Yeah. Yeah. I think I wrote squirrel lover yeah. in mine. <laughs> so good. And this is no joke. Like every day there's this big spruce tree outside my window and there's this little, there's two squirrels, there's two rabbits, there's like a cardinal couple and like some birds. Like, like I know Earth. all the, I know them all. I can recognize them all. I it's know like a who Disney lives movie. in them. Yeah. <laughs> but I feed them every day, like scraps from dinner, like soup, you know, so like celery scraps or car- veggie scraps, whatever. And then like some bird seed and like one of my favorite things to do is just watch them. Like just watch that. a little squirrel, like grab a little, you know, I bring that, <laughs> I bring that up only because so it's a huge part of who I am, like yeah. just animal watcher, you know? Yeah. But that might seem dumb to write down to somebody, but go to all those places. Yes. Because the beautiful thing is that those labels give us a portal into so many other things that are important about who we are. Mm -hmm. Like you being an animal watcher, you're attentive, you're loving, you're generous with your time and your energy and your food, right? Like these are all other qualities that uh, also you have like a great squirrel voice. I don't know where that squirrel voice came from, but like, so apparently you can do voiceovers really well, which we know because of your amazing radio voice. My amazing radio voice. This right. It's a very deep magical silky voice so silly but they give us a portal and a window into yeah other parts of us that we don't really ever talk about or we don't own as our own you know yeah I love that I think it's a really powerful exercise and I think it can inform creativity and yeah. that was one piece maybe we don't have tons of time left I don't know what you had planned to share but like just this you know we've got a lot of creative folks listening just this kind of tapping into that space that you create from yeah. Yeah. So like, this is where kind of the, the stuff, and I'm glad we have like a timer because I can talk about this shit all day. This is my I know, jam. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> I think this is where you get to offer yourself the opportunity to start asking questions around like what else. And one of my favorite exercises that we do that we did in the talk, we did a couple others, but I think this is the most powerful is so that I wish it had a sexier name, but it's the, the so that exercise. And I think what's so great about this is that you can, you know, I do it, I work primarily with photographers as a coach, um, but you can do this with any kind of creativity and honestly, any kind of work. You know, you have these like beautiful labels that you've come up with this amazing list of like, here's all the different parts of myself. So that's what you think of you. And then there's the like, what are you here to do? I totally avoid the like, how's the weather? I like your shoes. And I go right to like, why are you on the planet? Like, what's your purpose here, right? What are your many purposes? Yeah. A lot of my friends are like, could you just be like a little intense just for this one dinner? (laughs) No, I can't actually, but that's fine. They love me anyway. So this exercise, you know, you want to ask yourself the question. I'll use photography as the entry point, right? And I'll use myself as an example. So I am a family photographer and I take photos of my family because I am entertained by my kids. Now I'm like coming up with just like a reason out of thin air that's sort of superficial. So the next thing you're going to do is you're going to add so that onto the end of that. So I take photos of my kids because I think they're entertaining so that they can see how I saw them. And then you keep going and you keep adding those two letters onto the end of the sentence until you have found yourself with a nugget of why you make the work that moves you the most. I take photos of my kids, all those other little sentences in the middle, dot, 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 so that 
they knew that they belonged. Mm. Right. We get to like the really deep stuff. And then ultimately for me, like if I kept going with the end of that sentence, we get to the most primal reasons that we make art. Like I take photos of my kids so that I knew I was alive. Mm -hmm. For me, that's real. And then, you know, what's so awesome about that experience is going through that process of doing that exercise is that number one, it's going to change. And that's really beautiful. Number two, you can do it with any part of the work you do. It doesn't have to be what you do that is income producing or what you do that is a job, quote unquote. But when you can get at the nugget of like, why do you make the shit you make? Mm -hmm. And why does it matter to you? Then you go back to that list of labels that you came up with. And somewhere in the middle of that like beautiful stew of words is shit that matters to you. Mm. And then, you know, when people talk about marketing your photo business or talking to clients about what you do or branding, when you have a really core sense of like the primal reason that you make the work that you make, it is so much easier to do all of that other superficial shit that communicates to your prospective clients. This is why what I do matters to me. And I really believe like our ultimate clients, our ideal clients are going to love what we love. Mm -hmm. And if we're really honest and clear about what we love, we get to make shit we love a good portion of the time. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So that's an exercise I would suggest. And for that, you know, keep going until it's kind of like you're going to know it when you see it, mm -hmm. when you read it and you're like, oh, I think I have goosebumps. Mm -hmm. Chances are good. You've gotten to the nugget. And if you haven't gotten there yet, keep going. Yeah. I love that. Thank you. Yeah. Those are two great places for folks to get started because I think I think especially if you're feeling unsure in your marketing or lost, you know, or just not creative or just kind of flat unmoored in some way, you know. Oh, I love that word unmoored. And I think too, oh, this is the last thing I'll say about this. The beauty of that exercise being one that you check in with you know there were for the, at our workshop there were photographers who've been in business for decades and who are wildly successful by all the metrics that they would consider important and then there are photographers who are just in the first couple of years of business but the power and validity of that for your inside self to align with is just as strong regardless of how long you've been doing the thing yeah or how good you think you are. And I think that makes it just really accessible. Yeah. And it, it makes you realize how similar that sort of that point is for, yeah. for all of us. I mean, there, it, there's, there's a lot of similarities and a lot of similar arrival points. I mean, they don't not, they don't have to be identical, but it's, it's yeah. really, it's really interesting to observe that in a group. It makes it easier to get over being competitive. I feel like, or to get over being mm. like a comparison driven, not everyone's going to feel this way, but I'm a big fan of like, let's just collaborate. Let me help you. What can I do that you don't want to do and vice versa? Yeah. And I feel like when you do that and you know what other people are motivated by in that way, like it's just easier to be like, oh, you're a human. Yeah. Oh, I'm a human too. Like we're just back to meet on a floating asteroid. Can we help each other out? You know, yeah. it just like makes it a little lighter. <laughs> It really is a great thing to remember that humans are so quirky and weird and amazing and interesting. And I think the more that we embrace that, the more fun life is, you know, like yeah. how all of our brains are kind of like fingerprints and yeah. mental health professionals are just realizing that, you know, right. instead of trying to be shoved into boxes with labels and stuff, I think it's like, we're all just very different. And that's, yeah, that 
removes comparison if you really embrace that because you're like, you are the only one that can do what you do the way you do it. Yes. Yeah, I wish someone had said that to me when I was like 10. Me too. Yeah. But now we're saying it to each other and anyone who's listening. <laughs> and here we are. And here we are. <laughs> well, thank you so much for, for jumping on, Kristen. And oh, I will you. have all of your links and things. But um, where's your favorite place for people to find you? Uh, at a coffee shop. Oh, that's not what you mean. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, my favorite place for people to find me would probably be on my website is a great place to start. And you can go to the documentedheart.com. And I'm on the interwebs in lots of places, but that's a good kind of central anchor point. Awesome. And I like to do this with interviews, sort of put you on the spot, but what is one quote or piece of advice or something you have written down on a post-it somewhere that you go back to that gives you motivation or peace or grounding or whatever, something you'd want to share with, with everyone today? That's such a great question. I think it would be one of the Vipassana equanimity meditations. And in English, it's, I love you, keep going. Mm. One of my most favorites. That's a good one. We're like, "Mm." I know. (laughs) Thank you so much. Now I'm going to go cry in a corner in a good way with the (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. And we'll, we'll definitely do this again sometime. Thank you so much. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed my chat with Kristen. Remember to head over to thedocumentedheart.com forward slash heartful to apply to the Heartful Retreat. Again, it's in July in gorgeous upstate New York, and it is going to be an amazing place to nurture your creative spirit. So head on over to thedocumentedheart.com forward slash heartful. You've heard me talk about pick time before, but don't skip past this. This is big news from pick time. It's a game changer. I am so excited about this. This is going to change my business for sure. Pick time is now offering blogs. Yeah, blogs. What does that mean? You can go directly to your gallery. So let's say you have a beautiful mini session gallery that you've already shared with your clients that's already connected to your awesome store where they can buy stuff. And you can just, with like the click of two buttons, make all of those photos in that gallery into a beautiful blog post. Not only that, you can get a link to that blog post, which takes people to pick time, or this is my favorite part, you can get an embed code. You can literally create this in seconds and embed it on your own website so that you can get the SEO traffic if you want to. But if you wanted to just make a quick blog post for say a wedding client to look through or a really easy way to tell a story, there's so many cool features with this. It is the newest product from PickTime and it is going to change the game. You don't need to upload images twice. This is optimized for SEO. There's tons of customizable color palettes, font collections, photo grids and multiple layouts. So if you want your blog to look a certain way, you can do that. There's slideshows. You can allow videos or GIFs, all that stuff. You can embed directly into the blog post. It's amazing. This feature is coming soon in February. As of this recording, which is February 2nd, it should be well on its way. If you are not a paid member of PickTime and you would like to take part in this when all of this launches in the next few days, Go to PickTime, and when you upgrade to a paid plan, use the code PHOTOBIZHELP, that's PHOTOBIZHELP, to get one month free. So this is like the best thing ever. You can try it for a month, keep paying if you want to, 
And that's it. It's a great deal. I swear this is going to change everything and it's going to save people so much time. So head over to PickTime and when you upgrade to a paid plan, use the code PHOTOBIZHELP for one month free and enjoy this new blog feature. One more quick reminder, if you're feeling overwhelmed right now, disorganized, check out 17 Hats. You'll be able to focus on what you do best, photography. Meanwhile, 17 Hats does exactly what you need done to manage your business, just as if you were doing it yourself. Go to photobizhelp.com forward slash 17 hats to get 50% off your first year.